Hey Frequels, Mike here. A uh, quick note that we had a guest this week, and so on top of the usual audio unevenness that we get with guests, um, we didn't realize that this guest wasn't wearing headphones until we sat down to edit. So our voices were coming through very strong on their feed. Uh, I edited it out as best I could. Uh, it's it's fine. There's just a few places where you're going to hear it, so giving you a heads up. Enjoy the show. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Uh, I'm a ghost this week. Uh-oh. Are you trying to scare me away from the old pepper mill or the... Uh, I don't know, the, the cookie emporium. Or... Don't steal my gold. Uh-oh. You know what? I bet if we pull the mask off of this one, we'll reveal it's actually old Mr. Williams, the janitor who's been embezzling from the company for years. Juliana Margulies. <laughs> well, you're Juliana Margulies. Carl Urban. Cool. Two more, two more actors for who are in the movie. Right off the top of your head. Emily Browning. One more. Blonde guy. Perfect. You know, that's I. I'm pretty sure you have IMDb open because I didn't think you could have pulled a blonde guy's name. Yeah. Without it, so. Uh, Madison has entered the ethereal realm because this week we are watching the movie Ghost Ship, and uh, joining us to give their pitch is the. Secret servant of Satan, who has dragged our souls into the murder boat. Uh, friend of the show, Kylie Neal. Kylie, welcome to the Equalizers. Well, first of all, you just blew the whole secret part of me being a servant of Satan. So thanks for that. You kind of blew the whole "I don't have to watch Ghost Ship" part of my life. So <laughs> I, it's, I think it's even. Mike's a Mike's Mike is a spoiler. He'll spoil any 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 reveal. So so Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Kylie, why? Did you pick Ghost Ship? Well, I picked Ghost Ship because it is one of my favorite horror movies, and you guys don't do enough horror movies, so I thought I would force you into one. Yeah, Madison has mentioned uh, wanting to do more horror movies. Yeah, good. What was the alternate pick that I thought you had two at one point, but it was between this and something else? The alternate pick was, I think, A Knight's Tale, which is... That's right. Another classic horror Uh, also, also a movie I've never seen before. Oh, Madison! I've never seen it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shame you for it because I understand the internet well. You, the internet yeah, well, so yeah, they will. Uh, and they'll be way meaner than I ever could be. Yeah, but you should. It's a good movie. So, uh, Kylie, why, uh, why do you like this movie so much? What is? What's about it that you uh, enjoy? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, so. <laughs> Along with all of the reviewers on the internet that we have chatted about, I really enjoy the opening scene of the movie, Mm. which is nonsensical, but gory and delicious. Um, It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's out of this world. Like, and I didn't see it coming either. I didn't know what they were going to do, like, (laughs) leading into that. I'm like, okay, well, we're following this wire. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's the main character. It was Juliana Margulies' character, The Wire. The wire. I was still kind of laughing at the fact that the box art for this movie is the the front of a ship. I think the bow, if mm-hmm. you will. 
with like a skull and it like horror movie. And then the opening titles, it is the most like golden girls, like rom-com, like the way they, the font they use for ghost ship is like, this is going to be a fun, like sitcom romp. Yeah. And then everybody on the boat gets severed in half. Basically. <laughs> yeah. My question is, okay. So most everyone was severed in half, except for, the captain who got severed out of his skull for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the internet has a problem with that too. My answer to that is that he realized something bad was happening and he like bent over the girl to protect her. And so it sliced through his head instead. Got it. That's my theory. He bent over entirely at the waist double. Like squatted. He squatted. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, you know, that the best way to defend someone is to squat at them. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, Kyle, you mentioned the internet and that you love this movie. Madison, did you enjoy this movie? Um, Yeah, I think the, fir- the first scene makes the movie for me. Like, it's, all- it's-, it's weird because it-, it is an amazing scene. The rest of the movie is slow. Slow. But I think it has a good reveal at the end, I guess. Like, <laughs> it has an interesting reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um very quickly convolutes it from this accident and they're all ghosts to like a gold heist also and then yeah. satan like <laughs> yeah it yeah was... it, it is that it's the crew of the ship wanted to steal the gold so they they killed everybody on the ship but also a demon was there <laughs> the demon brought the gold on board to make them all kill each other it was from a separate <laughs> sinking ship correct yes that's where they got all the gold all right I don't know if you'll touch on that in your review in your um, synopsis. Not really. If you don't, that's okay. That's fine. I was. It was just this great. Not only is it a ship full of ghosts, but there's a whole gold heist, triple cross, and then also Satan. And yeah, but they're very uh, careful oh. to never say Satan or hell or anything mm-hmm. like that in this movie. There's all. There's a weird brand too, where he like brands somebody's hand. Yeah. With an anchor or something that I didn't understand. Like I think he like brands uh, the ones that become his servants or something. I. Huh. I'm not here to Fair make enough. sense of ghost ship. I just that would that makes sense because the one guy like gets enchanted by the singer lady, um, and like she leads him to his because that, that that's the only reason why that guy died is because he was enchanted by uh sure. Eva Longaria's. A ghost character. Wait, was that Eva Longoria? It wasn't. I didn't think so. No. But... Is it not? No. I'm pretty sure like it was. <laughs> I'm looking this no, up. No, I think it's some Italian actress. Oh, really? Yeah. It's all right. Madison's just really racist. <laughs> I'm looking this up. It looks exactly. I thought she looks exactly like Eva Longoria. I I, I just typed Ghost World, which is a different. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of Kylie's uh, sequel. So. We all, Madison and I, I don't. I thought it was fun in points, but uh, as you mentioned, Kyle, the internet has opinions. Uh, these are all reviews I pulled from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this one is by Ruth L, who gave it one star. The most unbelievable thing to me of this whole movie, that Juliana floats in the Bering Sea for hours and is still miraculously alive. I'm sorry. Not only am I a former Alaskan and know that's impossible... <laughs> Anyone who's seen Deepest Catch, <laughs> anyone who's seen Deepest Catch knows this by now. But the opening scene was good. I will give it that. <laughs> That's it. That's the best review. Uh, this next review is by Paige M, who gave it two stars. I just like the opening scene. 
The rest of this movie can suck it. Wow. Yeah. She's getting into some T-Rugs uh, territory there, Madison. Holy shit, T-Rugs, he's back. I tried to find him on Rotten Tomatoes to see like what other movies he had reviewed, because maybe he'd reviewed this one and I couldn't find him. So, R.I.P. T-Rugs. T-Rugs is, uh, like, he hasn't showed up in, like, we, we've talked about him multiple times, but he was only really, like, we only featured his review in, like, one episode, but he is this reviewer on Ron Tomatoes who gave a really stellar review or something. All right, this is the last review. It's by Cicely G, and Kylie, this one has four stars, so I figured you would appreciate it. All right. And the review is very evil. <laughs> end of review that's it yeah just very evil okay so that very reminds me they put they put like eight v's in there the thing you did not mention about the cover is that the tagline is c evil like c s e a of course oh what yeah c evil <laughs> c evil jesus so madison unless you have any more questions for kyle or kyle you have anything else you want to say i think it's time for this pitch to set sail. So I'm going to start with the synopsis, right? Yes. Uh, so that you guys know what I'm talking about. Traditionally, I forgot we were going to do a synopsis. <laughs> Had you guys seen this movie before I made you watch it? No. I knew of it. No. Vaguely. I knew of the cover. I knew of like the, mm -hmm. the, the cover because I've seen the cover so many times. Uh, okay. So I've seen it like 50 times. So if I skip anything important, feel free to chime in. So uh, the movie does open with our favorite scene, which is the wire scene. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to describe it in detail, even though it's not at all important to my pitch. But I love it. So, uh, so it's 1962, and the luxury liner Antonia Graza is making its way from Italy to America with a whole lot of rich people on board. One passenger is a little girl named Katie who is traveling alone. She's sitting on the deck, being bored while all the fancy people dance. And this kindly old captain guy invites Katie to dance. And as they're dancing, someone flips a switch and a wire snaps across the dance floor somehow. Uh, it slices all the dancers in half except for Katie, who's too short. And then all these like sliced in half bodies are squirming around on the deck. And the top of the captain's head slides off because the kid inexplicably got it in the head. He squatted. He squatted. Because yeah. <laughs> he squatted. He went into the protective squat. And it's like 50 people. It's this little girl oh, yeah, like standing in the center of these like 50 corpses that just got cut in half. And like some of them are like pulling their lower halves towards them. Like yes. they're still alive a little bit. Because that's how it works. I was eating pizza during that scene. <laughs> and I like normally I'm not squeamish, but I was just like I stopped chewing for a minute while I was having just kind of put the piece down until they were finished. It's like when they started pulling the body parts yeah. towards themselves. The twitching body parts. Yeah. 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 So yeah, awesome. so that's a great opening scene. Uh, so then we we skip ahead to the present day and we meet a scrappy group of salvagers off the coast of Alaska led by Captain Murphy. Uh, notable among the crew is our main character, the tough and plucky Maureen Epps, played by Juliana Margulies. Uh, the crew the members are celebrating in a bar when they are approached by a guy named Ferryman who tells them about the Antonia Graza, which is floating around for the taking. They agree to salvage it, and the rest is bloody, bloody history. Wait, his name was Ferryman? Oh, yeah, it was. My... Oh, man. When I watched this movie, it was very quiet, and I didn't want to turn it up super loud. 
because of my like neighbors and stuff and because when the action scenes came up those were very loud and so i missed uh, some of the dialogue in this for that and i did not know his name was ferryman heck yeah it is i love it this is a good (laughs) movie five stars got a pun (laughs) so they attempt to salvage the antonio graza they have strange experiences maureen sees katie around the ship uh they start to die mysterious grisly deaths until at last, Katie reveals the full truth of what happened on board. The Graz's crew murdered the passengers to steal the gold that's in the hold. Then they turn on each other. Then the last of them is killed by the sexy seductress, Francesca. She, in turn, is killed by the mastermind, who is none other than Ferryman. Uh, Epps tries to save her crew and blow up the Graza, but pretty soon she's the sole survivor. She has a final confrontation with Ferryman, who reveals that he is a salvager of souls. There's a struggle. Epps sets off her explosives with a harpoon gun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Epps gets picked up by a cruise ship. The ship makes port. She's being loaded into the ambulance. And she sees uh, crew members loading the cruise ship that saved her with the gold uh, that led to her own crew's demise. They are followed by ferrymen. And as Epps screams, the ambulance doors are closed. Mudbane plays. End of movie. Yeah. What I what I love about that those last two scenes is that like when the ship is going down and like all the ghosts are released into like... Mm-hmm heaven or wherever they're going or they're released from the ship it's this like this really beautiful like epic music and this kind of like beautiful scene and julia marguerite gets picked up by the by the cruise liner and she's saved and then just like in the very last few moments this like gross butt rock just starts playing <laughs> playing it's such a tonal shift of like this like epic epic scene it's like oh they won all these ghosts are going to heaven then butt rock <laughs> just to bring it really home i think you're quoting some of the like the synopsis that's on indb's really? everybody saved and then butt rock everyone saved then butt rock was the so the the, the crew that was loading the the gold was that her crew because that's what i thought was it was the actors who had played the rest of the crew of the of their the arctic warrior is that correct the arctic warrior um so that's a point of contention uh i am not sure (laughs) i love that you you're like i have the like in the in the fandom of ghost ship that's very contentious yeah yeah (laughs) just encyclopedic knowledge of the fandom kylie's deep in the forums on this one (laughs) you might be the most deep in the forums guest we've had so far yeah Okay, to to defend myself, I did like a lot of research for this podcast. Yeah, I'm not oh, that wow. big of a ghost ship nerd. I think yeah. you, you're taking this show more seriously than Madison and I are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't even he thought Eva Longoria was in this movie. Uh, yeah, the, totally. Yeah, but no, I don't uh, know the answer to your question, Mike. Uh, sure. I I, That's I, fine. I literally I, went through it like five times, and I still could not tell for sure. Man, you watch? Did you watch this movie five times? No, like, no, that last scene. since last week. No, uh, that, little, that little scene because I I wanted to know too. Sure. Okay. I will say they do look like the original crew. Like that's that that's kind of I think they're like dressed the same, or maybe it's just because they're on a cruise liner. Like so, cruise liner yeah. people dress like that. Who knows? Who knows? But we do know Ferryman is on the on the new ship. Yes. Which would be a good pickup point. Is that where your pitch leads into? Maybe. All right. So. So is that my cue? Yes. It's time. That's, yep, it's time. 
So uh, my pitch uh, is in need of two things. One of those things is a better title. Okay. Okay. So be thinking about that as I as I order the phoenix done. That's our go-to. Yeah. Right now, the the placeholder is ghost ship two colon party island. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, it's good. Perfect. I don't care what even what the pitch is. It's good. It's, yeah, it's done. I, I think. Yeah. So there's that. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So the cast of characters for this pitch includes Maureen Epps, the embattled heroine of the first movie played by Juliana Margulies. The good wife. He just keeps saying the good wife every time you say Juliana Margulies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, her. So she's trying to live a quiet life, but she can't escape her love of the sea. Then we have uh, Mendoza, who is a kind, easygoing, laid-back guy, and he is the newest member of Maureen's crew. We have Chavez, who is a chick with a tough facade and a warm heart. She sees Maureen as a mother figure or her hero, kind of the way that Maureen saw her captain before he met his demise. Burns is the boat's mechanic. He's kind of an asshole. Sam is the son that Captain Murphy didn't know he had. Ooh. <laughs> Twist already. Twist. Is it played by the same actor? Uh <laughs> no. He's gotta be he's gotta be way younger, right? <laughs> I mean, he could play himself as a younger man. Yeah. It's just him and like and with like a one of those spinny beanie yeah, hats. Yeah, I was gonna on. say the beanie yeah. hat with the propeller on top. And just <laughs> the a propeller over, hat. overly large lollipop. Yeah. And of course the last character is Ferryman, the evil, unkillable collector of souls. So the second thing that this pitch needs is an opening scene that rivals the wire. So I need you guys to help me with that because it turns out that I am not great at creatively killing people. Can we come back to that once we get an idea of what, like once we know what the film's about and where it goes, I think that would be easier than for Madison and I then to come up with an opening scene. Yeah. Sounds good. So basically the idea is that uh, the the ship that saved Maureen and that ferryman then boarded, there is a similar massacre, everyone dies, blah, blah, blah. 20 years later. So first of all, this was inspired by something I saw on Twitter where someone was pitching the idea of a older, grizzled Lara Croft. Mm-hmm. So we have older, okay. grizzled Maureen Epps, right? Okay. Uh, she's operating a small fishing boat off the coast of Mexico, captaining a crew of three. We see from her brief interactions with her crew that she's become quiet and emotionally closed off. But Mendoza and Chavez seem to understand. They've got their own less literal demons. Chavez even seems to see Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> it's all like Sorry. It's all like this, so strap in. You guys... You guys can't see the very melodramatic faces and like hand gestures Kylie is making while she's saying these things. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> so we've got Chavez seems to see Maureen as a surrogate parent, but Burns, however, uh, seems to chafe under Maureen's leadership and questions her orders. So they're out fishing, doing their thing. Mendoza and Chavez are kind of joking around with each other while Maureen looks out over the water. We see her start to crack a smile at her crew's antics when all of a sudden she sees it. The cruise ship that saved her all those years ago then disappeared with the demon on board. We see her have a momentary flashback montage of the worst moments from the first movie. The wire scene that Katie showed her, Murphy's death, and the ambulance doors closing as she realizes what's about to happen to the cruise ship. Chavez notices that Maureen's looking pale and calls out to see if she's okay. Maureen blinks, and when she opens her eyes, the ship is gone. But her boat's instruments are going haywire. Maureen asks the crew if they saw the ship, but of course they didn't. She wants to go after it, but they insist on making port due to the instrument malfunction. She becomes uncharacteristically upset and angry, 
and it becomes clear that her crew knew nothing about her past. She finally agrees to make port when she realizes that she would be putting her crew in danger. We cut to Burns, Mendoza, and Chavez having beers at a dive bar together, uh, discussing the freakout. They're talking about whether or not she's crazy, or whether maybe it was a ghost ship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, their mirth is cut short when an older man approaches the table and asks, did I hear you mention a Captain Epps? Would that be Maureen Epps? They say, who's asking? The mystery man says, my name is Sam Murphy, and I need you to take me to Maureen before it's too late. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's getting real. It's getting real. <laughs> Cut to Maureen, who's also drinking, but alone with a bottle of whiskey in her cabin on the boat. Hell yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. She has more flashbacks of some of the gory death scenes from Ghost Ship One. After a moment's hesitation, she unlocks the bottom drawer of her desk and pulls out a tattered album. She flips through the pages, and we see happy photos of her with her old crew, followed by news clippings about their disappearance. After that, we see clippings about the subsequent disappearance of the cruise ship that saved her, and then ghost ship sightings that resemble it. Determination creeps into her expression, and she sets the whiskey bottle aside to prepare her boat for departure. Meanwhile, her crew, with Sam in tow, is crammed into Chavez's car and racing toward the docks. Burns is suspicious, and peppering Sam with questions. Sam gives vague non-answers, suggesting that he's a friend of a friend of Maureen's and that she's in danger. They arrive at the docks just as Maureen is about to take off, and they convince her to hear them out. Then Sam drops the bomb. He's Captain Murphy's son, and he knows everything about Maureen's past. Of course. Am I going? Am I good? Am I good? Oh, you're, you're fine. Good. You're good. He knew everything about her past. I was, yeah. I saw, I saw ghost ship. <laughs> I know yeah. everything. I saw it. So, of course, uh, saying that he's Captain Murphy's son is the absolutely wrong way to endear himself to Maureen, who considered herself a uh, daughter to Murphy. Blah, blah, blah. She says that he's lying, that Murphy didn't have a son, that the last time a liar approached her crew in the bar, it didn't end very well. Blah, blah, blah. They go on arguing for a bit before Maureen says hell with it and tries to get back to firing up her boat. Uh, Sam boards and starts saying, you've seen it, haven't you? Maureen insists she's going after the ship alone, but her but her crew, even though they have no idea what's going on, insists on coming with her. Sam points out that she'll be risking all their lives, and though she agrees, it's something she has to do and she can't make them get off the boat. In the end, Maureen, Sam, and her crew chug off into the night aboard her fishing boat following her last sighting of the crew's ship. So I think as we're sailing along, we get some crew interactions that reveal motivations. Chavez is here because of her hero worship of Maureen. Mendoza's here because he genuinely cares about them all. Burns is here because he has an unrequited thing for Chavez. Maureen keeps a close eye on Sam, who she's convinced isn't who he says he is. Sam and Maureen are having a snappy argument when we hear a faint, ghostly voice sing-songing Maureen's name as her crew did in the first movie. She looks up and sees the cruise ship on the horizon, full steam ahead, or whatever fishing boats do. Yeah. <laughs> as they get near the cruise ship, Sam asks Maureen if she has a plan. She says, I've always had a plan. Opens up a nearby steamer trunk. <laughs> That's my secret, Sam. I've always had a plan. <laughs> so she opens the steel trunk and pulls out a rocket launcher. Fuck. Hell yeah. Her, her crew, who still don't know what's going on, understandably freak out. But Sam insists that she can't know it's the right ship or that there's no one alive on board. Uh, she suggests that he hails the ship via radio, and when he does, all he gets back is ghostly screaming static. Mendoza realizes that there's a storm brewing and says they need to turn back right now if they have any chance of avoiding it. The sky darkens as they all argue amongst themselves until once again, Maureen says hell with it, and she goes to the rail and fires her rocket launcher. It hits, but it's not enough to bring the ship down. It begins to rain. The voices calling to Maureen become louder and more desperate. 
She fires again, hits true again, and the ship sort of groans and lists, as wounded ships do. The voices are screaming now, carried on the wind, so that the rest of the crew is covering their ears. The cruise ship begins to founder, but now the storm is upon them. The small fishing boat is buffeted by waves and wind, and quickly driven away from the cruise ship. Maureen and her crew try to keep the boat under control, but the storm is too much, and they are tossed and turned helplessly. Chavez is nearly thrown from the boat, but Mendoza catches her, and we see a spark of jealousy in Burns' eyes. After seemingly an eternity of battling the storm, Maureen's boat runs aground on an island. The storm begins to dissipate, but Maureen and company can't hail anyone on the radio and can't get the boat to move. Mendoza offers to go ashore and look for help. Maureen insists that no one goes anywhere alone because she's seen this foreign movie before. And she <laughs> tries to send Chavez with him, but Burns volunteers. Burns and Mendoza go off into the night. Chavez crashes, exhausted from the storm, and that leaves Maureen and Sam to talk. Over the course of the conversation, it's revealed that Sam is actually jealous of Maureen because she got to know his father, and Maureen feels a little bad for her hostility, though she's still suspicious. Sam says he's been tracking sightings of the cruise ship as well as keeping track of her, and when he realized the ship was in her area, he became concerned. They share a moment, as long single action hero folks do, but Maureen remembers how she trusted Ferryman and the moment is ruined. On the island, Burns and Mendoza are finding no signs of human life, just dense foliage, crystal waterfalls, and other charming island sights. Speaking of charming island sights, in the place of se sexy Francesca in this movie, we have a hunky dude in swim trunks. <laughs> which is how we learn a little something about Mendoza. Does he have a name? The hunky dude? It's hunky dude, like capital H, capital D, hunky dude. Hunky dude. Hunky dude. So like, if there were posters for him, it would say hunky dude. Yeah, hunky dude. Yeah. Played, okay. Yeah. Who's he played by? Who do you imagine? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, Kyler, reveal to us who you think is hunky. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the internet know who you think is hunky. So to be fair, like... I casted this entire movie in my mind with people that I just like to look at, but I didn't cast okay. Hunky Dude, so mm, I guess, like, I don't know. I picture him as kind of like a Chris Hemsworth kind of, like, bulky, hunky dude. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, we have the budget for Hemsworth on this one, so. Yeah, we do. So, yeah, we got it. Awesome. Well, we'll call his lawyers. His lawyers. We'll call his lawyers. We'll call his to, lawyers. To ask them to call his manager <laughs> yeah. to see if he'll, he's free. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, Mendoza spots Chris Hemsworth, takes a step in his direction, and falls off a hidden cliff, echoing back to Greer's elevator shaft death via Francesca. Fortunately, Mendoza catches himself on the edge, and though we think for a moment that Burns is going to leave him to die, he does pull him up. Chris Hemsworth has disappeared. Mendoza dismisses it in a thought-I-saw line. And as Burns and Mendoza wander on, commiserating over the near miss, they spot it. A crashed two-seater plane. It's dawn by the time Burns and Mendoza return to the boat, where Maureen informs them that she and Chavez have inspected the boat and it's damaged beyond repair. Uh, they tell Chavez and Maureen about the plane. Chavez and Sam can both fly it. Burns says he can fix it, but only if he gets a seat. Arguments ensue, and Maureen is especially heated toward Burns. The angry crew members split up, ignoring Maureen's warnings, uh, though she sticks by Sam to keep an eye on him. Burns wanders into the heart of the island, where he begins to hear whispering. As he's looking over his shoulder for the source of the voices, he walks straight into a tangle of vines. The vines wrap around him and tighten as he struggles. His face turns purple and his eyes bulge, until finally he is dead. Burns drops to the ground and the vines retreat into the canopy, leaving no evidence of how he died. Chavez discovers Burns and fetches Mendoza. She reveals that she knows about Maureen's past because she lockpicked her desk years ago and wonders if it's happening again. Mendoza, on the other hand, <laughs> wonders if Maureen really is crazy after her trauma and if her anger at Burns caused her to snap and kill him. They argue about it, part ways, and Mendoza goes to Sam with his concerns. 
Sam is clearly conflicted, but promises to keep an eye on Maureen. When they tell her of Burns' death, her lack of surprise adds suspicion. She asks if they can fix the plane without Burns, and Sam and Man Mendoza say they'll try. The three of them head for the plane, calling for Chavez along the way. Chavez is wandering the island, looking dejected. Vines drop and catch around her neck, but Chavez whips a knife out of her boot and slices through them without a second thought, because she's no scrub. <laughs> <laughs> she continues on until she finds a lovely crystal clear pool at the base of a small waterfall and splashes some water on her face to clear her head. As she reaches into the pool, a ghostly hand wraps around her wrist and yanks her in headfirst as she screams. Chavez struggles until she runs out of air. At the last moment, someone dives into the pool and fishes her out. It's Maureen. Maureen, Sam, and Mendoza had heard her scream and came running. Together, the four of them continue to the plane and begin repairs. Chavez and Sam are on one side of the plane and back towards the tail working on something, while Mendoza and Maureen are up at the front. Suddenly, Mendoza spots Chris Hemsworth in the distance. But when Chris Hemsworth turns around, it's clear from his rotting face and dragging entrails that he's super dead. Like the real Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, ooh, Marvel doesn't want you to know that. But <laughs> yeah. Chris Hemsworth actually looks like a literal corpse. Yeah. <laughs> they they just weaken at Bernie's uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> the entire movie. You movies. thought Rocket Raccoon was the most impressive CGI in the marvel movies it's it's chris the eye patch he gets at the end of thor ragnarok it, his eye just fell out and yeah. then he lost God. it so listen you come here for pitches we bring you the real truth about see him yeah. <laughs> it's funny because uh so mendoza sees see him and mm. uh <laughs> <laughs> that left a bad taste in your mouth then yeah <laughs> saying that out loud because it kind of did for me <laughs> startled uh mendoza stumbles backward just as we see the key turn itself in the plane's ignition. The propeller whirs to life as Mendoza falls against it and is sliced to bloody bits, killing him. Sam confronts Maureen, citing Mendoza's suspicion of her and the fact that he is now dead with her as the only witness. They argue, Chavez defends Maureen, and Sam storms off like a big old man baby. As Sam clears the next rise, he sees the far side of the island and the wreckage of the cruise ship. He is afforded a brief well-shit moment before Ferryman in the form of the bloated, drowned corpse of Sam's father, Captain Murphy, because as we learn in Ghost Ship 1, Ferryman can take on the forms of other dead people. We sure did learn that, definitely. I knew that. I remember that from the movie. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember that happening in that very famous scene <laughs> in the movie that I remember. Good, good. It's when she has the harpoon. Oh, oh yeah. Actually, her. I do. I do. Just yeah. I do now remember there at the end where yeah. Yeah, she turns into blonde guy. I mean, he also takes on the form of Santos to to torment Captain Murphy. He turns into Santa in that movie. <laughs> Santos. <laughs> oh, Santos. Anyway. Gotcha. So two Santas. Got it. Now that we're <laughs> is Santos blonde guy? No, Santos is the uh, mechanic. The like the first death. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm not gonna lie. Part of having the movie very quiet was I don't remember almost any of that. <laughs> <laughs> i know i know epps i didn't even know her first name was maureen i knew epps and murphy and that was pretty much it and carl urban judge dread so now that we're all on the same page um are we <laughs> so so fairyman steps out in uh murphy's form uh carrying the whiskey bottle that was captain murphy's downfall uh fairyman as murphy briefly chases sam before bashing him in the head with the whiskey bottle breaking it Sam falls on his back, and Ferryman drives the broken bottle into his eye. Damn. Yeah, pretty metal. So Maureen and Chavez are able to get the plane operational, but it becomes clear that it's in too bad of shape to bear the weight of more than one person. 
They go looking for Sam, find his body, and see the wrecked cruise ship in the distance. Maureen convinces Chavez to take the plane and escape while she hunts down ferryman once and for all. Tender goodbyes are exchanged, and Chavez returns to the plane as Maureen heads down to the cruise ship. She boards and is treated to visions of the erstwhile passengers' grisly deaths as she was on board the Graza. As she explores, Sam appears, but Maureen's not fooled. He quickly morphs into the original Captain Murphy, her father figure, and blames her for all the deaths, including his own. Maureen tells him to cut the shit, and at last he reverts to his true form, Ferryman. He taunts her for not being able to destroy him, and as the plane zooms overhead, we realize that Maureen is merely distracting Ferryman from Chavez's escape, though she has some sort of weapon behind her back. The camera pans away as we hear sounds of a scuffle, which eventually fade to silence. Two days later. Chavez is at the bow of a Mexican equivalent of a Coast Guard ship, whatever that is, and she spots the island in the distance. As they draw near, a figure stirs on the beach, a bloody, battered Maureen. Rescuers drop a rowboat to approach the island, and Chavez and Maureen are reunited with a hug and joyful laughter. Maureen, Chavez, and the rescuers row back and board the Coast Guard ship as the camera pans back towards the island. One shot fades into another as we travel the island, pausing on each gruesome corpse. Burns, Mendoza, Sam. Finally, the camera stops on the deck of the cruise ship, landing on a very dead Maureen. End credits. Boom. Boom. Ferryman, still alive. What? I said ferryman, still alive. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can kill him. No. No. Traditionally, our first question at the end of a pitch, which you mentioned this already, is have you casted this? So, yes, I have. Uh, okay. As I mentioned, I just filled it entirely with people that I enjoy looking at. So who's playing Juliana Margulies? Juliana Margulies is playing Juliana Margulies. That's risky. I know. Yeah. Really pushing the envelope on that one. The good wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My best bit ever. Your what? <laughs> My best bit ever. Hey. <laughs> we all gotta start somewhere. <laughs> so Mendoza, the nice guy, is Diego Luna from um 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 the Star Wars movie Rogue One. Okay. Um Cas Caspian Cassian. Oh yeah, I know. The Star Wars Caspian. character Prince Caspian. <laughs> Prince Caspian. <laughs> okay. Chavez is definitely Tessa Thompson. Okay. Burns is either Sebastian Stan or Michael B. Jordan, not really sure which. Because they both, like, they're super nice guys, but they have the capacity to be villainous. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam, who is about Maureen's age, right? Uh, that one's harder. Because I tried to think of somebody who kind of resembles Gabriel Byrne, who played Captain Murphy in the first movie, right? I think I finally landed on Rafe Fiennes. Okay. Okay. Someone should Google this, but uh, Rafe, Rafe Fiennes has the weirdest actual name. It's like Rafe something Twickingham... Twizzleton. I don't know. It's it's nuts. But also, it's spelled like Ralph. Yes. It's Ralph Ralph Nathaniel yeah, Twizzleton yeah. Wickham Fines. <laughs> His Wikipedia page lists him as an English actor, director, and producer. Quote a Shakespeare interpreter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with him uh, as far as like Rafe and Nathaniel, but Twizzleton is very suspicious. <laughs> I mean, his family invented Twizzlers. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I want to shake his hand then. Ugh, I don't. He has, like, it, like his last name is, like, hyphened two times. Because it's Twizzleton hyphen, Wykehem hyphen, 
finds. I think it's probably Wickham. No, it's Wy- it's definitely Wykaham. <laughs> That's fair. Kylie, you're the you're the guest. You get to judge. Is it Wickham or Wykaham? I mean, I think it's probably Wickham, although I like Wykaham better. Um, <laughs> I think he's lying about his first name being pronounced Rafe. Like, I think he just says that to make it sound cooler. I think it's actually Ralph. Yeah. That's probably true. Ralph finds. Ralph finds. <laughs> so... As far as your pitch, uh, uh, what you were wanting to for us to uh, help with, yes. I have come up with both things for mine, but should we talk about the opening scene first or the title? Ooh, let's do opening scene. Opening scene? Okay. I'm very excited about it. So, I just thought of my title. I, I got my title and I'm very um, excited for it. So Opening scene. Well, my idea for the opening scene is for... Um, because it's a cruise liner and everything with like parties and stuff and there to be a conga line <laughs> and um as they're going like i want some i want like a fire extinguisher or some sort of like co2 tank to as they're going da 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 hey and they're kicking it to like its end to blow off launching it like a rocket through all of them <laughs> That's as they have their good. leg out, as, as they're as they have their leg out kicking, they're like dun 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 dun, hey, and then like bam, and then there's just a hole down like this, this like all of these people in this conga line. You know what? I can't beat that. That's perfect. I had a thought of something with the foghorn, and makes it a very loud, continuous noise until their heads like explode. <laughs> oh, that's good too. Their ears start bleeding. Yeah, and and then their heads just like <laughs> like balloons. Like, uh, um, but like in Mars I, Attacks with the aliens. Yeah. I think yours has the right also level of kind of camp. <laughs> I mean, like being bisected by a wire isn't campy, but it is just like very visceral. I think that's like a very good spiritual successor. Uh, so what's your title, Madison? Okay. It is Ghost Ship 2, Island of Lost Screams. <laughs> that's not bad. Mine is Ghost Ship 2. Killigan's Island, <laughs> but it's kill again, like because it's happening again. Yeah, yeah. Killigan's yeah. Island. Yeah, mine's a Spy Kids two reference. Oh no, I got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm a little partial to uh, Killigan's Island, but I think this is I think this is one of those that you should uh, like make a poll on Twitter and let your let your adoring fans. Know. All right. Okay. We'll do that then. So fans, uh, frequels, you get to decide. Island of Lost Screams or Killigan's Island? I don't know if I have any questions, Madison. I don't either. I think it was really good. It was really well thought out. I like the 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 change of setting. I think that's cool mm-hmm. that it's happening like on this like island. Um it gives you a lot more stuff to play with, like with the vines. I think that was a really cool death. Um like I couldn't think of any more creative deaths to happen on a ship. They pretty much took the sure. good ones. So, <laughs> I mean, all you needed was a fire extinguisher and a conga line. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. just not as creative of a murderer as Madison. When Chavez, I believe, is the one who is drowning in the the waterfall pool. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, can the waterfall start being a blood fall as they're drowning? Of like, course it can. Like she's choking on blood. Well, she's drowning, but yeah, like in in this blood pool, and then when Epps pulls her out, it's just water again. Yes, like of course. like it was never blood. That's my only thing I thought in the. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, places where you could add just like the little creepy factor things. 
that I didn't necessarily include. But sure. I mean, it's a good one. I'm infamous for saying this movie is a heist, but I didn't plan the heist, so I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Madison, if you're interested, we can try our 15 minute sequel. Yeah, we should do it. So, Kylie, if you'll somehow get a 15 minute timer going, and then just whenever the 15 minutes is over, if we haven't finished, that's just the end of the movie. Perfect. All right. Are you guys ready? I'm yep. ready. And go. Okay. Um, the only thing I have, I, I can think of like a jumping off point is the gold. Okay. And if it was like melted down somehow and made into new things and like the curse or whatever, or something goes with, sure. goes to a lot of different places. Uh, my only thought was maybe Maureen doesn't like go away. She starts hunting the cruise yeah. ship like a Moby Dick type scenario. And I had written down like cruise ship pirate where she just like is gets a crew and boards cruise ships looking for ferrymen yeah and like she doesn't kill anybody but she's like a pirate on the open sea hunting this ghost cruise ship yeah and they and she does very well for herself but she's never like satisfied because she hasn't found ferrymen again yeah like i mean that's what she's after it's not the plunder or the fame but it's ferrymen yeah Uh, so i don't know if that tickles your fancy i think that i think that's cooler i don't know where the i don't know where the gold thing would go because i think you would have to have like fort knox yeah fort knox or something like that yeah oh and then we could call it ghost shipment (laughs) okay kylie is so disappointed in me (laughs) i don't know it's up to you whichever one you you think has the heat i think i think yours has the heat i think the gold one is like the plot of pirates of the caribbean so that's that's true enough (laughs) all right so we did it we pitched pirates of the caribbean we just turned that script in we're good yeah it's our fastest one yet (laughs) yeah okay so she's hunting for the cruise ship which kylie does that cruise ship have a name that we know of so i named it uh okay <laughs> i named it the benjamin we'll Diggs, which is like a really obscure reference to the captain the what? of a ghost ship an actual ghost ship what did you name it? it the benjamin briggs so she's hunting the benjamin briggs okay uh, which is now canonical yeah yeah and, and Benjamin Bratt is the captain of the Benjamin Briggs. I'm not sure I know who that is. <laughs> He's in. I, I don't know if we want to use our time for me to like reference that's, things. Yeah, that. that's fine. Uh, <laughs> the 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 filmography of Benjamin Bratt, but he's in stuff. So maybe she. What if they like find a ship that they think they're going to salvage is like abandoned or something, but like there's actually people on it and they've been like stuck out in the ocean and without any like signal or something and Benjamin Bratt's there and he's like yeah we've just been using our like food rations or whatever and then somehow it turns out that like the whole crew is ghosts and this was like an elaborate like plot by a ferryman or something to lure uh, Maureen back because I think he wants his revenge as well maybe right wouldn't she know that this was that cruise ship though yeah like if she's hunting it I don't know if she would get lured aboard yeah that's true I don't know maybe Maybe they eventually did find, like, maybe she did find the cruise ship. Because it wouldn't be that hard to find the cruise ship, right? Right. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, it took forever to find the first ship. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's just say that she actually tracks it down. Like, she's found it. And they're going to board it and hunt out, like, root out ferrymen. So this is, like, they're the hunters yeah. going into the haunted house, basically. If she's a hunter, then maybe she studied up on like ghosts and like how that you can get rid of them. So we could get like a lot of like maybe some like 
crystal stuff or some crystal action in her quarters uh, there's a box set of every season of supernatural yeah, yeah to watch, watch yeah. yeah actually uh, we're gonna recast uh maureen epps with jensen ackles <laughs> yeah. just in a wig <laughs> yeah and so maybe she her and her team is her team like also ghost hunters as well i like, think that they're more like mercenaries like or she she hired them for their yeah. like fighting and sailing ability and less for okay. the ghost hunting like she's handling that aspect like she'll give them like iron wet like iron you know fights off ghosts so here's all these weapons are made of iron or whatever like she handles yeah. the, like arming them whatever they're just trained to fight and maybe she has like a some sort of like book of like spells or something i don't know like some like chanting or like like so like a spell or something to like damn him or something or like, like an a, exorcism like an exorcism okay yeah uh, maybe it's just a bible and she knows like what like first to like read or something she reads the first letter of every page of the <laughs> yeah. bible and that's the exorcism <laughs> yeah. uh okay so they're on the boat let's say there's three of them not including uh eps so how do we start killing them on a cruise ship maybe uh or some fun ghost like uh, ooh, what if uh, there's like a shuffleboard court? Okay, and the sticks start pushing the shuffleboards, like the the pucks or whatever, by themselves, and then they start pushing harder, and then they start like just hitting them as hard as they can, like yeah, like starts some of them are sticking in there. Okay, because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat your good your good uh, opening scene from the official sequel. So I don't yeah. want to like clean through, but they start like sticking in the person's body. Yeah, or like all the sh- all the shuffle pucks, uh, <laughs> all the shuffle pucks, shuffle pucks, uh, TM trademarked uh, band name, IP of the equalizers. Yeah, uh, all the shuffle pucks like start sliding along the floor, like like there's like hundreds of them, and they like slip on them, and maybe they fall down, and then like it like they land on some, and like someone dies. What if uh? What if, like, uh, the place has, like, a lazy river or something? You know, like, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with Like, you're just in an inner tube, and um, a ghost, like, scares a guy into it, uh-huh. and the ghosts, like, increase, like, the, the water pressure, and they just keep going round and round and round and round until, like, the water pressure is too much, and it just, like, I don't know, grinds their bones or something. I don't know. Uh, like. Yeah. Or they drown. Yeah, what if oh what if they're in the lazy river in an inner tube and then the water starts boiling and so they're okay. trying to like get up and stand on the thing of balance, but eventually the hot water's gonna pop the inner tube. Yeah. And then they're boiled alive. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're like the bottom of themselves because they're like sticking up out of the inner tube and their whole like bottom torso. Oh yeah, is, they like, fall burned in. off of it. They the, slipped in they... through the middle of the inner tube. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit out there. What because okay. it's never established. What if this is like a Disney cruise? Okay. So there's yeah. like Mickey Mouse characters and like that as well. I don't know what to do with that, but it gives us a little bit more to play with. Mickey Mouse characters like ghost, like it's like mm-hmm. it's like Five Nights at Freddy's or something. Like they oh, like yeah. are like hunting that. Like maybe they're the the his like Satan spawn, like the singer was and in the first movie well i think for legal reasons we need to say that disney characters are not satan spawn <laughs> yeah unless explicitly said in disney movies well it can be like an off-brand disney instead of That's mickey true. mouse it can be uh, uh, uh ricky louse uh <laughs> rat sputin rat rat sputin so 
<laughs> Never mind. I had a joke that doesn't make any sense here, but uh, so I'm just. Annie, but what if Annie, 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 Annie Anteater? Annie Anteater. I like it. Andy, Andy, Andy Anteater. Okay, Andy Anteater. So, but like, what if I'm thinking that one of the people come in the room and they just see like three of the costumes like staring yeah. at them? And they're like, come on, guys, quit messing around. And then they just all pull, like, knives. Yeah, yeah. And just stab the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah. And we could, like, establish earlier that, one, like, in uh, the first movie where uh, those two, Carl Urban and Blonde Guy, I think, uh, scare them. And uh, they do that because they find the mascot costumes and everything. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. why that person thinks that it's just the two crewmen doing it again. I want to... I kind of want to go back to making this officially licensed Disney characters only so that way in like, it's like Mickey, Goofy and Donald stabbing this guy to death. We just hear like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. laugh, like the Mickey Mouse laugh and like the Goofy laugh and Donald Duck laughing. Like, and then Goofy stabs him in the neck and then a bunch of blood spits out and he's like, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, and then maybe while they're walking down the hallways, like just generally, they every so often they just hear like a ghostly, am I see? K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. Okay. So we've killed the three uh, crew members. How much time yeah. do we have left, Kylie? Four minutes. Okay. Okay. Then Epps finds Ferryman. I think that because she's hunting him, their boat is okay. Like they don't know what. Like they don't blow up their boat or anything like that. Like she's not leaving without coming face to face with him, so he doesn't sabotage their boat. Like yeah. in the first one, it was well they'll leave. And I can't have that. So they blow up the boat. This is like, she's not going to leave. Yeah. So he doesn't think to blow up their boat. And that's that we kind of sidestepped the whole problem in the first movie of like, well, got to fix the boat story. Like other than just keep it afloat. It was, I don't know, boat mechanics was kind of heavy in that first one for me. Yeah. What if how she defeats him tying back into my kind of kind of like including my my gold Mm -hmm. melting thing that she uh the curse is tied to the gold and if she melts it or destroys it somehow like it does away with the curse because there's no longer the physical object that it's like tied to and she throws it in like the boiler and like before she like and there's like a some sort of like scuffle or something while she's trying to throw the last bar in and what if she melts it and he's like that's not gonna that's not going to stop me because, like, the gold still exists. So right. she fucking called Drogo, Game of Thrones, just dumps it on him. And, like, it cakes <laughs> him and hardens. And he can't, like, he can't move. So he can't get any more souls. Like, he's now just encased in gold. That's good. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> because, she, you know, she killed him and he got away. So this way she's just, like, immobilized him. He can't do anything. Yeah. And then she, I don't know, she sink the boat. Is that? Yeah, I think she sinks the boat. And then he, he lives down there forever in this mm-hmm. gold case until, um, the third uh, ghost shit movie where um, they recover and take him to space. <laughs> so. All right. I think we did it. I mean, it's for me, a horror movie like this, we really just needed to nail the, the murders. Yeah. How, mu- how much time do we have left, Kylie? Uh, about a minute. What are we going to call it? What are we going to call it? Sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say we could cast it, but I think we should, we should uh, title it first. Ghost ship to uh... Uh, Disney. Uh, uh, shit. Shit. In- shit. I'm, in- I'm panicking. <laughs> Enchanted Exorcism. Uh, Enchanted Kingdom of the Sea. What was the, what's the water one with the logs? Splash Mountain? Uh, Splash Um, Mountain. Yeah. Shit. Um, The Little Mermaid? Uh, um, Go Ship 2. 
the magic killed him. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> cruise. Something with a cruise. 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 Cruising for a bruising. For, cruising for a bruising. <laughs> no, you're out of time. <laughs> Dick, okay. All right. So we're going to now, Madison, just right now, we pick of the things we said. What, what are we going with? What do you think? No more new ideas. Just of what we said. I really want to tie the Disney thing in. So. I, I'm good with that. I, I, mine was magic killed him. All right. Magic killed him. There it is. All right. Well, Kyle, unless you have any questions about magic killed him. Any of that nonsense. <laughs> I don't think I have any questions. I think I'm going to have nightmares about Mickey stabbing me to death. Yeah. Don't we all? Goofy's laugh, but Ugh. I'm good. Well, I think that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. Everyone can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. Just uh, wherever you buy that good cereal with the podcast prize at the bottom is where you can find us. Wherever you hoard your podcast gold, that one day will bring um star of the good wife juliana margulies to your uh, horde and her friends die just speak you know just speak juliana margulies name into a mirror and you'll find our show yeah our show our show will appear in your feed speak speak juliana margulies name three times in a mirror she'll appear behind you and hand you a first season of the good wife <laughs> And, and a copy of our podcast. And a copy of our podcast. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail. Equalizers at gmail.com. Uh, or on Instagram at The underscore Equalizers. Each week we try to post a little teaser uh, hinting at the next week's episode. And perhaps you are one of the lucky few who deduced this week's episode. Uh, you can find us all those places by spelling equalizers, E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S. Um, special thanks for our theme, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. So, for the equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. And I'm Kylie Neal. The good wife. We know she's the good wife, Madison. 